Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody welcome to go home bible you're drunk the podcast about the bible and evangelicals and all the weird shit that they do with the bible and how we feel about it after we leave i'm tori i was raised evangelical and homeschooled and went to church more often than jesus i think if i had to do the math on that and i left because i'm done because it's actually really dumb (laughs) i don't have anything more interesting to say about it other than that today. It's quite dumb. You also have a co-host. Uh, yeah, my name is Justin. Uh, I was a former pastor. And now I'm, I'm not that anymore because I was certainly in church more than more than Jesus. You know, because I, I tried to invite him to the building many times and he continued oh. to decline my invitation. Did he decline or did he just ghost? <laughs> Uh, it's probably it was a ghosting, a holy ghosting, if you will. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Oh, I hate this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We could uh we could really take that all kinds of places. But speaking of ghosts. Yeah. How do you feel about the clan? <laughs> oh. Because um, those are the meetings that are happening in Mar-a-Lago lately, apparently. Yeah. So we're gonna jump right into that. So, you know, honestly, growing up, the clan was like just in our town. Like our, I grew up in a town, Miamisburg, Ohio, if you want to look it up. Miamisburg? Uh, Miamisburg, Ohio. Fancy. Not too far from Middletown, Ohio, where ah. J.D. Vance grew up. Neither of those towns are rural towns, by the way. <laughs> I just feel like I have to insert that every time. Now. Every time. Anyway, racists were around. It was one of the last... It was the last town in Ohio to integrate. They drug their feet forever. Allegedly a sundown town. I mean, every sundown town is allegedly a sundown town. But from what I understand, it was pretty legit. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the Klan would hold rallies in Miamisburg. Not every year, but like relatively frequently. Yeah. But it was always something that we were like, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Now the Klan holds rallies with presidential candidates. Look how far we've come. <laughs> Really moving up in the world, yeah. Or you know, moving back to 1919 depends on how you depends yeah. on how you want to view that. So, for those of you that may not know, over the Thanksgiving holiday, and and honestly, this is kind of an ongoing saga with Kanye West. But over the Thanksgiving holiday, um, Donald Trump, our former president and current Republican frontrunner for president again, hosted a, all kinds of characters uh, for a Thanksgiving dinner at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if it was actually Thanksgiving; it was like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was a little summit. 
Yeah. So Kanye West was there, you know, to bring the much needed diversity. And also uh, Nick Fuentes, which is not a name I was familiar with until a few weeks ago, but the, that, I mean, we throw around the term neo-Nazi a lot, but he, Nick Fuentes is a neo-Nazi, like Christian nationalists as well, white nationalists, yeah. like, yeah, you know, the Jews will not replace us. Like there's not a quiet part to be said out loud. It's just all out loud. There's, there's no, not, it's not a dog whistle. It's just regular old whistles, you know, summoning all the filth to the yard. And then, you know, there was, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever, the, uh, the, the pro-pedophile person that was fired from Breitbart. So really top-tier talent uh, <laughs> at the summit. He's a Christian now, remember? So now still he doesn't pe- have to... He doesn't still have to pro-pedophile. He's, but he doesn't have to be responsible, for, like morally responsible. Oh, he's not, he's not a groomer if he's a Christian. Got it. Right. That's, that's how they get around that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. convenient workaround. So, so I would be called a groomer for like wanting trans kids to be treated like humans, but someone who actually is a groomer, if they're a Christian, they're just immune from that. Got it. Yes. Correct. Correct. Speaking of buying indulgences. Yeah. Which we shall get into later. So, you know, the funny thing is, is that Kanye West went to this trip to ask Donald Trump to be his running mate. (laughs) Second black president. Yeah. Yay. That's it. No first and last name. President Yay. President Ye and Vice President Donald Trump. That, you know, apparently Trump was pretty insulted by that. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, you know, but but also like I remember the reports came out that, you know, he and Nick Fuentes really hit it off that they, you know, they were just they they got along well together. Not surprising. But didn't Trump say that he like didn't know who Nick Fuentes was? Yeah, that was the cover. You know, which it's like surprise, I brought someone to your house. You used to be the president. Uh, but now just anybody can waltz in here and you don't even you don't even get a guest list. You just get to find out when you arrive. According to Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago is very secure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, it's this is the same debate we had all throughout the Trump presidency, which is like, is he incompetent or is his staff incompetent? Or are they both incompetent? Like, that's just like the question we would constantly ask. Like, maybe Donald Trump didn't even know who he was and didn't bother to look it up. That's that's fair. But it's like, but you would think his staff knowing. You have to run a fucking background check to have dinner yeah. with the president. Yeah. Like, even a former president. So somebody must have known who he was. Or, you know, actually, here's the thing that was, I'm going to bring this back to Andor because, you know, everything Love it. Comes, everything Love comes it. back to Andor for me. Like in, in early episodes, not only a spoiler, someone asks uh, Cassie and Andor how he stole something from the Empire. And he's like, they're too arrogant. Mm-hmm. They don't, they think they're untouchable. Like yeah. You just walk right in and take it. And they, they can't even believe that you're stealing from them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I, that could just be it. Like, we know who he is but we're just untouchable. Like mm-hmm. no amount of criticism is going to touch us. So who cares? That might be closer to the, the actual answer if there even is one, but it's just like, yeah. So it, it's for me, it's like, Oh, Donald Trump's meeting with the neon Nazi, whatever. But it's also, again, like I keep going back to these permission structures, like neo-Nazis have existed in this country since there were Nazis, you know, mm-hmm. but it was always this fringe movement that was like, you know, kind of got laughed out of existence and, you know, and yeah, a couple people got radicalized here and there, but it just wasn't, you know, but now it's like they're dining with the president and the president hasn't said anything negative about it yet. Like 
even after it was like reported later, like, hey, this guy's a, a terrible human being. You know, you could easily as the president say, oh, God, like, fuck that dude. Like, yeah, he's a great conversationalist, totally. but I, I'm not down with all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. You know, like, honestly, dinner with Kanye West would be entertaining, I think. Like, yeah, for sure. As, you know, especially as a white dude, I think that shit would be a riot from, yeah. from that perspective. I would probably, you know, if you interviewed me afterwards, like that was a good time. You know, like I didn't agree with none of that shit. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. But I was in, I was, you know, I have my Cavassier and I just, I, I was enjoying it. So like, I mean, you see, there's ways to do it, but no, he just was like, you know, neo-Nazis, Dining with neo-Nazis, pedophiles, and, uh, you know, whatever Kanye is, like, whatever whatever Ye is, you know, anti-Semitic for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pro-Nazi. Well, there is there there is a debate for me, Tori, and you would be the best person on this podcast, at least to answer this. Yeah, I've been told by a lot of people that like the folks that are black cannot technically be racist. They can be prejudiced. Mm -hmm. They can be, you know, but racism Mm -hmm. is upholding a system that does not does not uphold them back therefore they cannot be racist which is like which i that's fair but i'm also like everything he says sounds an awful lot like something a racist would say to me so i don't know how to classify that other than in a vacuum kanye very much seems like a racist to me but yeah that makes sense i mean i don't know know what the term would be the the technically correct term to call him would be at this point i mean lateral racism is a thing I think, right? Like there's there's all kinds of, you know, even even countries that don't necessarily have a history of colonialism, which is like what Ethiopia and Thailand or something. Yeah. <laughs> all two of them. You know, there's still there's still like rampant colorism in 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 post-colonial non-white countries. Like there's all there's all kinds of shit. But yeah, like black people can absolutely be anti-Semitic. You know, I think that that I think that that's really reasonable. I don't know. I, I don't I've never heard I've never heard Jewish classified as a race like ethnicity. Sure. But like, yeah, it's definitely it's like black people can and on occasion have been known to like just vomit up all kinds of what would be like racist rhetoric that they're just like copying from people who do have power. Yeah. I mean, I would say Kanye just because of how wealthy he is has a modicum of power but it's always going to be tempered by yeah the fact that he's black right yeah it almost yeah he reminds me sometimes of the i don't know if you remember the Chappelle bit where he was the mm-hmm. he was the 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 was the blind black man but he was like you know a, our leader in the white clan supremacist. white supremacist yeah. the blind white supremacist you know uh-huh so it's so, like that's how that has that feel to me it does like yeah. Yeah. Which is like, well, if you're if you cannot believe or see your blackness, then then I suppose, yeah, you could be quite racist. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's I think and I think a lot of it, too, when you like infuse capitalism and like wealth into all of that shit, it's like very much comes back to this idea of like, I'm not black, I'm OJ, you know, right? Like, I, I think that there's a certain level of wealth that that makes people sincerely some people I should not some very specific people feel like they have transcended race, which I don't know in like in their experience that might legitimately feel true. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that that's completely inaccurate because I've never been, nor do I have any desire to be in that position. To have wealth (laughs) that transcends race. I was like, Oh boy. Okay. I'm like, I'm also setting myself up for like 
multiple mental illnesses. <laughs> Just like, yeah. you know, we, we know that having a lot of money, like, functionally destroys your empathy. So I'm not particularly interested in, in wealth or fame, personally. Very happy to be able to just pay my bills, man. But yeah, so I mean, I think it like it's so it's so messy, right? Because it's like actual white supremacists constantly use this line of like either the Jews are conspiring with the blacks through yeah. jazz, right? Like they make up all of this bullshit. It's like black people aren't smart enough to come up with jazz. It must be the Jews. They're must they're the making Jews. them do the thing, right? And then it's like. Yeah. Well, all black people are anti-Semitic is another line they come up with, which is like bonkers to me because historically when when black and Jewish Americans work together, like we come up with some pretty fucking cool shit. And there are black Jews as well. And there are black Jews in the U.S. and and other places in the world. And yeah, so there's I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers there. It gets real, real messy. I think that like if you're really in a bind, like, yeah, sure. Yay is racist. Like if you're out of characters, like that's not gonna it's not gonna get you in that much trouble I don't yeah think. like nobody except for like some other like black people who subscribe to like white supremacy or at, like the survival of the fittest sort of economic like well if you just tried you'd be fine right like those kinds of people like the hotep crew like they'd probably take issue with that but those people aren't going to be the types of people who are doing analysis <laughs> where they're able to say like Hey, so race is like this social hierarchy and like punching up isn't really a thing. You know? Yeah. So that's my take. Also, fuck yay. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm just like it's wild to me. And then, you know, Kanye, he's he's had an he's been on a kind of like anti-Semitic tour, whistle stop yeah. tour. Lately. He you know, really lately. he's going all in. You know, losing all kinds of sponsorships over it, you know, and this is the wild thing to me too. Like, like it's, you know, I've seen since, yeah. So he lost a bunch of his sponsorships. I, I saw a couple posts. These are on Facebook. So like an Instagram, so low level intellectual engagement, not like the highbrow stuff we do on Twitter, but basically like, you know, like Chase bank dropped Kanye, but they didn't drop Jeffrey Epstein. You know, that tells you everything right. you need to know or whatever. Right. Like, well, are, are you saying like, what is it that you're saying with that statement? Like and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, I again, like he was a terrible trash human being, but everything he always did was allegedly right. Whereas like Kanye is an anti anti-Semite. Like there's not right. like there's no allegedly there. So I'm not even defending Jeffrey Epstein. It's just more like, you know, Chase Bank, like everything else in capitalism, folks, they don't give a fuck unless it hurts their bottom line. Uh -huh. Like so holding Jeffrey Epstein's money did not hurt their bottom line. Cause y'all didn't make us think about it either. You didn't care, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but people, enough people made us think about it with Kanye that, you know, they did something as so they lost a bunch of sponsorships, you know, and then he's on Infowars today with, uh, with Sir Alex Jones and, you know, Alex Jones, I think teed him up with this nice question. And basically saying like, you know, people are saying you're a Nazi. People are saying that you're, you know, in love with Hitler. You know, people are saying that you, you know, you sympathize with, you know, Nazism. And that's not really you, is it? You know, teed him up with this you know, the softball question. Like, you're not a Nazi, right? <laughs> you know, and you know, Conway did, did not take the bait. And, <laughs> like, I'm not going to fall for your shit. No, and then, like, you know, basically went on like, I love Hitler. Hitler has some great ideas. You know, I, I love Nazis. 
you know, I love the Jews too, but the Nazis had some good ideas, you know, which like, I mean, yeah, the Nazis were about the environment. So like you could say they had a good idea, a good idea. but like I can get really that. good at infrastructure. They were great at infrastructure, great at moving people around. Um, Christ. But there are other places I can go for that good take, you know, like, you know, there are other sources, of, you know, there are other people that are good at infrastructure. There are other people good at the environment, you know, so I, they're not the sole source of information for that. Uh, what are they? Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I no. was just like his his quotes from this show are fucking bonkers. <laughs> like every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Like, like, come again? Especially Hitler? Like what? Yeah. Like, just make it make sense. Like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, yeah. okay, I think that you can say, you know, every human being has something of value. Like, sure. Period. Yeah. When you're like, but Hitler goes towards the top of the pile. Like, that's to me, I that's I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. It's yeah. <laughs> like if you read Mein Kampf and you're like, man, that's some good shit. Like that that's a red flag. It's just like so, but you know, and I guess the thing is, right? And and there's not, there isn't an analytical framework, I don't think, on the right and especially on the far right to be able to have these conversations about like, okay, but Hitler is now, and Hitler's saying, no, not every person has something of value. Some people need to be exterminated. So Hitler disagrees with you on that. Like, what you got? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but Alex Jones is like, oh, I think you have a Hitler fetish, man. <laughs> Like, wow, thanks. That's got to get that checked out, you know, and then, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, and then Kanye just fires back back, you know, the Jewish media, like, oh, my God, the Jew, this, it, you know, it's going to it's going to stop being the liberal media. It's going to be the Jewish media. Like, oh, just my watch. gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Has made us feel like the Nazis and Hitler have never offered anything of value to the world. I see good things about Hitler. Like, like, really, is the, the Jewish media is the one that 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 made us think badly about Hitler. Was it the final solution? Wasn't Nazi Germany like no. 6 million Jews dead? It was, it was like, you know, if you're just, if you grew up Jewish, you just really come up with this like inherent bigotry against Hitler for some, I can't figure out why there's no reason really. It's just irrational. It's irrational. Like what? It's like, I love, how are you going to say I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. Like the Nazis are not going to get with that. The Nazis would be like, yeah, no, we don't actually. Not everybody has value. Some people need to be gotten rid of so that the world can be a better place. Also, just real quick, you're one of them people, boys, like maybe get in the oven. Like, what are you doing defending these people? (laughs) Yeah, he won't be the first in the oven, but like, you don't know that, frankly. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) But he'll be in the oven long before I will. Like, right. Right, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Like, these people do not love you. I mean, I then it's just obviously if you are a person with narcissistic tendencies, like attention is good. Yeah. Regardless of what type of attention that happens to be, like people talking about you is a good thing. That is all that is all this dude wants. Like, I would say, yay, like as as a whole person, I don't think he's a great person, but like when he's on his meds, he's at least not a raging anti-Semite. Right. Like, at least it's like the quiet parts stay quiet, which I'm very here for. <laughs> like, keep the quiet shit in your head. But like, he, I, I swear to God, it's like he goes off his meds. He starts tweeting all of this bullshit. This happens like 
every year or two. Like this is a very this is a pattern for this dude. But yeah, he really he really needs attention. His brain is broken, and I'm not making excuses for his anti-Semitism because that is a choice, regardless of how mentally yeah. ill you are. <laughs> like there's still a line, right? Yeah, I don't know what his actual diagnosis is. I mean, some I people think it's bipolar. On- and some people have thrown autism out there as well, you know, but I'm like, I, mm. I know bipolar people and I know autistic people and those conditions don't make you anti-Semitic. <laughs> like. That part was a choice still. That, that That's that's Kanye. Like, like maybe you have less of a filter about it. Possibly, you know. Like that's within the realm of possibility. But uh, it's it's not like racism isn't a mental disorder, right? Like it's. At some at some point, you're making a choice, and like I think, especially for someone who is black, to be making a choice to be like very loudly anti-Semitic slash pro the slaver slash Nazi types of like, oh yeah, I think these people had value too. It's like, well, I'm not I'm not saying that Nazis and like slavers had no value as human beings. I am saying like. They'd feel some kind of way about you if they could get their hands on you. Yeah. Like you know? you're not you're not in safe company here. No, like, no, 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 no. Right. No. That's that's and that's the thing too. Like it, it's not like your garden variety racism in the United States typically is like if this black person is mostly white, they're fine. Like Right. Yeah. That's not what this is. Right. Like exactly. this is like you're you're no matter how much you act like me you still have less value than me period and that's yeah it's just a whole other animal and and unfortunately again like when when it continues to get a platform and when it continues to pull you know people like kanye west into the fold for reasons unknown to me you know and and also like the whole like pro pedophile person at the table who was rather quiet i think like it it, to me it just like screams like everything the right says they're not they are you know, they're screaming at us about being groomers and pedophiles, but it's like you invite them, you invite them to your table and say they have good ideas. Say they shouldn't have been canceled. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, ugh, like it's just that that stuff kills me. And then, yeah, I mean, and again, when you're when you're going to the right of Alex Jones and making him uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like at least Alex Jones apparently is still cognizant of the fact that there is a line. Yeah. Right? Like he'll try to push the line. He will get mm-hmm. a right. He will snuggle the line. He'll try to monetize the line. He will try to monetize the line, but he knows that the line exists. And like Kanye at this point seems to not understand that there is a line. Yikes. Like, I'm just going to run till I feel a line. Like, buddy, like, don't Mm-mm. stop. Stop going. Stop. Yeah. Stop moving. Stop moving. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll see what happens with you know the stuff, and and I personally I don't know that Donald Trump is is going to make it as far. I I, I just I don't sense that from the Republican Party. The problem is, is though, like someone like Ron DeSantis is just as toxic, mm-hmm. but is it is unfortunately more competent, but is more competent and more able to hide it, right? And so there be these Republicans that voted for Trump twice. Mm-hmm. We're all down for that shit all down for that shit that'll be like that'll just suddenly see the light and be like oh you know i gotta go for my man ron desantis you know that trump he's a bad dude like (laughs) it's like first off fuck you like you have Mm. you only you only pursue power that's all that that's the extent of your morality but like that the i i that's gonna be my prediction i could be wrong but the the pivot's gonna be to someone else 
you know, all these Republicans are going to see the light and realize that, oh, he's gone too far. You know, Donald Trump's gone too far, even though nothing he's doing now is different than what he was doing before. It's just, you know, more of it, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 a mess. And um, I don't know. But I, I think that like, I, you know, I think that when you have you have these situations where people with people who do have the ability to sort of influence like like Trump, from what I understand, was like, yeah, it was a really good meeting. And, you know, Tucker Carlson is like, Kanye's just he's just he's just being attacked for his political beliefs. Right. Like they're all running cover for this dude. And I think it's because he's like, I'm just going to keep running. You know, I think I think that's why, because it gives them more wiggle room. It gives them the ability to be even more disgusting and more open because Kanye's moved the window, right? Like Kanye's pushed the line out so fucking far and not had any really meaningful consequences. Like I know that losing like a hundred million dollar contract or whatever is on paper very meaningful, but like fuck that shit. Like I don't like right. his standard of living has not decreased at all. No, it did not um, hurt him. Right. He had fewer meetings to go to, so it freed him up to go meet Donald Trump. You know, hate it here. Like that's we'll see what happens. Mm, mm-hmm. Cool. Good times. So, so let's do a quick pivot to capitalism. Then uh, we'll talk a little bit about patron stuff. Excited about that. And then also uh, we're going to get into money and charity that time of the year. And oh, hell yeah. <laughs> save your money, folks. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, we'll be right back. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for indulging a bit in that capitalism or possibly an ad for another great podcast for Reverend Media Group. Or maybe just a little bit of silence uh, because you lucked out. And the algorithm decided you needed nothing. Um, sometimes that mm, is sometimes a gift. Sometimes that happens, yeah. Sometimes that's a gift. We have no control over who gets it, but we're glad if you did. So I uh, wanted to go over a couple things with patrons and Patreon. If you don't know yet, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gohomebible. Uh, many tiers that you can sign up for. Our, um, you know, the lowest tier all the way up, you get access to our Discord server where you can you know, meet with like-minded folks and talk about the show, talk about just random stuff, talk about your past experiences and evangelicalism, talk about your cat, uh, whatever you, you know, just feel like talking about. Um, it's nice, especially because you know, I, think, I think all of us are realizing that the large for-profit social media spaces while they brought all of most of us together and they they do a lot of good in the world i think they also have a motive that is not beneficial to your mental health i'll just say mm, uh, and so yeah. like you know yep. being a part of a smaller space and you know with people that you know aren't going to be chuds is uh that can be that can be very life-giving so we also have uh, tiers where you get a life verse uh, as well, uh, given to you by the Lord, not by us, you know, but by the Lord. Uh, and so I want to highlight a couple of those folks, uh, new folks. Uh, we have Walt. Walt is a new uh, deacon in the 
Uh, what did we say last week? Oh, the, the second church of the drunken Bible. Yes. <laughs> that is our. Hell yeah. That's our thing. If you don't know, uh, go ahead and uh, listen to episode. I think it's uh, 79 with Alicia, the transvangelical. That's where we came up with that. So it is going to be the second church of the drunken Bible. Uh, thank you, Walt, uh, for your contribution and for being a deacon and uh, for being a listener. I really love it. Uh, we also have a new youth pastor, uh, Jeff. I know Jeff. So thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate your support. And we're going to give Jeff a, a Bible verse. Um, mm. What we do is right. we just randomly go through the Bible and I close my eyes. I have, we flip around and we just see what happens. Uh, sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're problematic, but they're from the Lord. Uh, and <laughs> and that's, the, that's the most important part. So here we go. All right. I'm going to close my eyes and let's see. here. All right. Here we go. This is going to be First Chronicles. Chapter six, uh, verse 74. This is, uh, this is yours, Jeff, from the Lord directly. Uh, from the tribe of Asher, they received Mashal, Abdam, Hukuk, and Rehob together with their pasture lands. Word of God for the people of God. Honestly, this is like one of the best things that we fucking do on this show. <laughs> I love it. Life versus... It's, Nothing about that book makes any sense. I'm sorry. It just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. But so there you go. Thank you, Jeff. And if you would like a life verse, uh, just uh, sign up for the youth pastor tier or above and uh, you, you can have one uh, and it is yours uh, forever because it's a gift from Lord. So today we're going to, we're going to, we're not necessarily going to talk about a Bible verse per se. We're going to talk about uh, Christian charity and, or charities, specifically like child sponsorship charities, but just the you know, like around this time of year, there's a lot of push in Christian spaces. I know I remember in evangelical spaces, you know, to give, 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 give to your local church, give, give, give to, you know, people overseas and, and charitable. I will say charitable giving is not bad, but the way that we did it, I'll just say it could be more efficient. And that was another thing, too. We were always taught that like charity is always more efficient. Charity, private charity and private business are always more efficient than the government. Yes. And always. I've worked in private business. And I've worked in private charity. I haven't worked in the government, so I suppose I don't actually know. But they're not very efficient, I'll just say. And that's fine. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, I think for a drinking game, though, I think maybe take a drink every time you feel like a thousand or more of your personal dollars was wasted. <laughs> it's philanthropy, Justin. Uh, okay. Ever heard of it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> but every time you get the sense of like, Oh, like, huh? I've a significant amount of my money was wasted. You just just drown that in smell alcohol. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, Tori's kind of going to take the lead on this one, partly for my voice, just kind of recovering. But also, um, I, I think you have the most tea to spill here. I am. I'm feeling some kind of way about this. I'm not sorry. I get like this sometimes. Honestly, like I wish I wish I I wish I devoted more time in my day to having researched this because yeah, I think that most of us, if you grew up in church for sure, like if you spent any significant amount of time in church, you probably at some point were pitched like sponsoring a child. There are tons of places that do this like child sponsorship model of, of poverty alleviation ostensibly globally. I mean, I think that I think in the U S according According to the numbers, at least World Vision and Compassion International are like the, the ones that sponsor the organizations that sponsor like the most children. But there's, you know, there's a ton of them. And 
there are also like non-religious organizations that where where you can I from what I understand sponsor children you might not necessarily get like a picture of a child to put on your fridge which that's a whole thing that I probably not even gonna have time to get into today but yeah this is like a you don't get to collect children as much (laughs) oh my god if they'd had cameras in the 1800s like how many how many moms do you think would have had had photos of like their little slave kids on their fridge oh god (laughs) I just really, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was unnecessary. But like, I can't, I like, I just, I I feel like. Oh, I, feel I like am undone. I am like undone. Cute, cute little black babies on the fridge that yeah, you look, own personally. Yeah, like, look, oh, look what we've done for them. Jedediah. <laughs> Let me just look at them. It's terrible. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I, like the, the vibe is very for, for compassion International World Vision. The vibe is very white saviory. I've definitely, like, I definitely sponsored some kids through World Vision for a while. I did, going I, to Mars as well. Going to Mars Hill, it was pushed. That was a thing that was like strongly encouraged. You know, and I think, like, did your church officially encourage this? Yeah, like, was we it, had, were there we like had, weeks was, that you had mm-hmm. sign up? Like, well, I I end up with a kid from Compassion International, like. Cause they were at a youth conference, like oh, trying yeah. to get mm-hmm. teenagers to right sign up to sponsor sign up to, to sponsor these children, you know, which feels real problematic to me. The like, marketing piece of it is really interesting, right? I mean, I think that you you have like living in the U.S. where everything is market based and marketing is really fucking important. There is a there is a fucking science. Mm-hmm. to manipulating people to do a thing and there is also like there are all these narratives that we have and like all this imagery that we get and like poor little black brown and like black children go along with that of like the person who can fix this problem is you right yeah like hella hella white saviory like i i went and i looked at the history of of world vision of compassion and UNICEF specifically, I read a lot of critiques about these organizations, how effective they are. Looked up all of their ratings on Charity Navigator. I'm and I'm really, I'm really kind of fascinated by like the way that the, these charities like put themselves forward. And I don't necessarily think that they're bad, but I do have some real serious concerns. And there's been uh, like yeah. Justin and I talked about before we started recording. There's been some real scandals. And, um, I mean, I think that like, yeah, seeing as we're all being told to like, go support a child, this might be a worthwhile, worthwhile thing to look at. Yeah. I, I th- it's interesting too. Like it's not, I'm not against charity. I'm not against even right. like yeah. sponsoring a kid like that, you know, face name, dollar amount, like, yeah, there's some data that shows that there are some positive outcomes associated with sponsorship for sure. Yeah. But but it's also like when you are breaking populations down into individuals and also like how how are you alleviating poverty for them long term? You mm-hmm. know, when it's like, OK, they're in this program for 10 years, they turn 18, they're out. Like, are they out of poverty now? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, or is it like, like is it like foster care in the U.S. where you're just like on the street? All of a sudden you're homeless. Yeah. yeah like got nothing. We, we fed Bye. you. And now, you know, like. You have you a skill by, you know. right? You aged out, and now it's on. Now it's on you. 
and would this money be better used taxed and then used in like international aid by the US government? Like mm. I mean that's a whole another problematic that's a whole yeah, but, I mean and like that, but like, like that's when fucking I, fascinating. When sure. I think about like it, when it comes to like actually alleviating poverty, actually feeding populations of people, actually mm-hmm. creating good, is there maybe not just maybe not goes straight to taxes, but like is there a better way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's a good question to ask. And it turns out, at least from like there, so there was there was a critique I found that was written by somebody who worked in one of these spaces. It was their grad school thesis, I believe. That I found, I felt like was really good, but I did. I wanted to like go and look at like the histories of these organizations because I like I didn't really know what they were. So I like I started with World Vision because you know that's the organization that I have given lots of money to over the years, and like you know, so I just I literally just googled like history of World Vision, and they have this like fun little page that pops up. Like I said, hello white saviory, but. Also, some of the stories were a little more badass than like I would have expected. Mm-hmm. World Vision especially seems to present themselves as like when no one else would do the right thing, we showed up. I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. is that's weird to me. Because it's very much like once upon a time when people weren't so gay, a white Christian man stepped foot in the Orient and saved a small Indo-Chinese child from being eaten by the witches. Like, it's it's very much like this, this bonkers, like, I'm sure that's not quite how it happened. <laughs> you know, World Vision is like, Bob Pierce founded World Vision three years after he came face-to-face with an abandoned child and chose not to look away. Like, what? It's, like, it's it's just, it's so, it's so weird, right? The way that they present themselves is is bizarre. But then they're then they're doing like these these wild ass things. Like World Vision was doing this wild ass shit where they were like rescuing people who were like stranded at sea, like refugees who were stranded at sea, despite being like potentially being banned from like returning to ports because they were technically like breaking the law or whatever. Kind of you know, kind of well, kind of badass. Badass, frankly. you know. You know, I, I, like I don't I don't know that they necessarily do that today, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know, they used to. World Vision, like their their own telling of uh, their response to the AIDS crisis in Africa is real fucked up. You know, it was like in the context of the fact that like the U.S. was ignoring the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. like here. And then they're like, all of these people in Africa were just like so put off and like AIDS was so stigmatized and nobody was doing anything. And like we showed up and like made a difference. It's like. Yeah, but we as in the U.S. also exported a lot of the stigma in the first fucking place. Yeah. Like as policy, right? Not even just like our our own individual bigotry. Like as policy, we exported stigma. But actually like World Vision is really well rated by by Charity Navigator, like close to the top. They get a 93%. So, you know, not nothing. And there is, like I said, there is data supporting like some of... Some of the work that they do kind of in in terms of like long-term improvement for kids who are in these programs who are, you know, it's the, you know, data seems to show that there are improvements in like less likely, like 20, 20% less likely to like be in poverty as an adult, like 20% less likely to be doing like blue collar, like you're more likely to have a white collar job if you go through this program by about 20% is what it looks to be. Uh, so like, 
definitely not nothing, you know, and, and, and like, we do know that educating girls especially has a massive positive impact on quality of life for everybody in a country, right? Because girls mostly yeah. become moms and are then raising children. And that like, that's actually kind of an effective trickle down <laughs> situation yeah. of like educating girls, which becomes, you know, I don't know if people, I don't know if people even really know this, but a lot of the, like a huge part of the reason that girls drop out of school is because like they get periods and don't have products to manage those at school so they just yeah. stay home and so that's why you see this huge washout of of girls globally from school at around age 12 so yeah like and i think that i think that compassion gets that i think world vision gets that i'm still like hella skeptical you know like <laughs> compassion international their whole thing is like we're the world's leading authority on holistic child development through yeah. sponsorship like, like mm, are, are, mm, are you yeah and then how much yeah, how much of that is is like religious indoctrination how much of that is is genuine benefit to the person like i yeah and I, I hope it's not that the case but I, I think it's i think it's worth raising our eyebrows at a little yeah i mean i think some healthy skepticism especially considering where we came from where that was very much like looked down upon it was like you weren't mm-hmm. supposed to ask questions you weren't supposed to be skeptical i think that i think it's a i think it's good personally <laughs> like i, I like compassion uh, it has the same sort of story of like the person who founded this organization like flew to south korea to minister to american chirps troops chirps fighting in the war but grew increasingly troubled by the sight of hundreds of war orphans trying to survive alone on the frigid sidewalks of mm-hmm. seoul which like yeah like that would be fucking distressing i think to, to anyone who has you know moderate to good vision i i'm like but like the Amer- the American troops in the Korean War were not necessarily doing good shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, I, when you when I look at charity generally, especially international charity amongst evangelicals, it's like how much of this is going towards alleviating a problem that we created, we <laughs> we caused or exacerbated. Yeah, by orders of magnitude. You know, like maybe you know, we didn't cause it, but colonialism, economic ex- exploitation. You know, all of these. You know, like being desperate for blood diamonds, you know, or, you know, clear cutting, you know, for beef or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, how's these trickle down effects uh-huh. that do end up impacting children? Turns you know, out war is very bad for children. And it's one of our largest, largest exports. Yeah. It turns out when you destabilize Central America, it's shit for children, you know, to Maybe prevent you communism. as an individual should do something about that. Yes. And that, that like you teed that up perfectly, Tori, because it's like, yeah, these systemic problems, you know, in the United States, we're always like, well, well, you can do something about that. You can if make you, a difference. You don't in like a child's the, life. You don't like what the U.S. government did. Uh, you by yourself can go fix it. You also don't know that the U.S. government did that. Yeah, because it's probably the CIA. You won't find out for 40 years until somebody steals some files from the CIA. Yeah. And, you know, these these individual solutions to collective problems, um, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, while, while they can be effective in the sense that like a Band-Aid is, it effect, is effective, it's not going to fix the problem per se, I don't right. think. Right. And, you know, I do think that there is something to be said for the idea of like, you know, being the 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 whole story about like being on the beach and throwing the starfish back in and it's like yeah i'm not gonna get to all of them but i'm still gonna try like there, there is something to be said for that like i'm not i'm not just dismissing that or like diminishing that at all i do personally 
like just on an individual level and like other people don't have to feel this way, but like for, for compassion and world vision, especially in like other organizations that are Christian run, like I find it pretty distressing how much they, how much they focus on religion when like religion is a cause of so much conflict globally. Like, you know, compassion is like, world vision is like, Hey, we're Christian. Uh, Compassion is like, we work with churches and like we're Christ centered and, and like, we're making sure that these kids are get to know like the gospel. And it's just like, okay, fine. But given the context, right. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something like evangelicals very frequently want to believe that everything exists in a vacuum. Yeah. Right. And it just doesn't. Yeah. Like, and there's a difference between an organization that's like, we're doing this because we're Christian because, you know, Christ motivates us to take right. care of the poor. Like that's, that's great. Uh-huh. But it's like all things being equal. The most important thing is that we share Christ with these kids. Right. That's where I'm like, mm, okay, mm, no, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that is not an equal thing. That, that's, no, a, that's, no, your, that's your side pet project. Great. But that kid needs to eat. Yeah, and it's also really fucking manipulative because again, there's no framework for consent, right? Yes. It's I mean, and, and and evangelicals do this here in the states too with like any kind of homeless outreach that they do. It's like, oh, you want a meal? You got to listen to the gospel for 45 minutes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the 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 guys at the homeless shelter, the people that work there, they would get kind of mad at us because they would they would ask us to come down there and do like our, they would ask our youth group to come down and do gospel presentations and stuff. Like what the fuck does a 15 year old from the suburb have to say to a homeless person? Like, right. Right. But I would always plan these like funny sketches for us to do, you know, that would get like, they would just get people laughing or whatever. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, cause I feel like, I mean, if they're going to be forced to sit through something, it may as well be kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. And then like, yeah, if you want to pray with us at the end, sure. But like, like I'm not going to preach at you for 20 mm-hmm. minutes because I, I, I would go down those to those places and sometimes it'd be like just some lone pastor up there monologuing for 25 minutes I'm like that's a shitty thing to do to people like, it is and like the thing is when you're hungry you can't pay attention to that shit anyway yeah and, and yeah so it's you know and i'm sure somebody was like well I, I i preached one time and somebody you know they came to the lord and like well good you know but you, you didn't fix their homelessness right right like, you know, yeah. there, there were, there were, anyway, so I, I just, I find that to be, mm-hmm. you know, that the whole like kind of bait and switch or like, you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, you can be part of our program, but you have to be a Christian. Because I think that so frequently that means like you're breaking up people's relationships if they're not married, if they're queer, if they have some other different sort of family structure, it's like, you have to leave that person. You can't live with them in order to like receive benefits. Like it's so fucking manipulative on so many levels of like, well, we're a Christian organization, so we can only help Christian people. A five-year-old doesn't give a fuck. Like, I'm sorry. Like a hungry five-year-old does not fucking care what your ideology is you know i think that like unicef is like uh i was gonna say secular unicef is like a non-religious example i think of of something that kind of works similarly you know even though they receive like they receive more funding from like governments and it's less there's less of like the individual contribution necessarily unicef was founded in the aftermath of world war ii which again it's like we're trying to 
fix problems that we sort of started ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the General Assembly of the United Nations voted to establish the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund because of World War II and like this massive crisis. And, you know, even that, I'm just kind of like millions of people in India starved to death because the British were taking all of the food that they were growing and using it to feed British troops who were fighting the Nazis. Like what? And then they just decided Pakistan is a thing. And it's, it's to me, I'm I'm like, again, I think that you're like when you're putting the responsibility for for one like global crises uh, on top of that global crises that people are materially benefiting from. Like there are certain individuals who are actually like getting money because like, oh, we started another war. Oops. Like that to me, to me, at least like that's that's bullshit. I do, however, like love <laughs> There's, there was this little blurb that I found online that I was like, I really appreciate this because like w- with UNICEF, like they assisted the UN Commission on Human Rights in drafting the Convention on the Rights of the Child, which is actually great. Yeah. And then it was introduced to the UN General Assembly in 1989. And so the Convention of the Rights of the Child became the most widely ratified human rights treaty in history. And the United States didn't ratify it. Only member state to not ratify the treaty. Because we were concerned about potential impacts on national sovereignty and parent-child relationships. It says don't hit your kids. Yeah, we want to be able to hit our kids. Right. That's like, that's not like us being facetious or like tongue-in-cheek. Like, no, like. That was actually why. We didn't sign on because we wanted to retain the right to hit our kids. We were afraid other countries might invade us and make us stop spanking. (laughs) So we couldn't sign it. Like, it's. There are just so many levels of fucked up at this in this yeah. that I am. I mean, I remember like I remember being told about this shit as a as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. 1989. I was in fucking kindergarten. But because when you have fundamentalist parents, they tell you about things that are not particularly age appropriate. And it was like, well, we can't you know, we can't sign this treaty because like parents need to be able to hit their children because it's in the Bible. Yeah. Spare the rod. Spoil the child like why but why is this our foreign policy like why is this domestic policy and like who do you think is going to invade us and like take away your right to hit kids because probably no one cares that much yeah and i think maybe in 1989 i would have been like somebody ought to invade your ass and take away your right to hit me (laughs) what i would have been thinking oh same like oh someone thinks many someone's think that you shouldn't be doing this huh interesting good to know cool i should get with these people and compare notes (laughs) <laughs> well, i also yeah. think that maybe you should not do this i yeah i i as someone being hit also feel that maybe you should ratify this treaty well tori you're biased like, i am biased you're yes. by like that's your that's your bias coming out you know it's your nervous system saying i'm in fight or flight 24 hours a day maybe stop hitting me as hard as you can you're three times as big as i am that doesn't make you tough it makes you a monster right yeah i'm like you're a bully not a parent cool but like on the whole i have a lot a lot a lot of questions about this this model not to say that it's worthless but again i feel like there's a lot of flaws there's a lot of like misplaced responsibility for this stuff right because well uh, yeah let's talk about where it went terribly wrong several years ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so several years ago 
know, mm-hmm. this was a big, I think it was a big turning point for a lot of people's like kind of deconstruction journey if they were around yeah. back then. World Vision, uh, again, the diet Christian of the organizations, you know, like. Right. And also, like, I think the largest. Yeah. So they're Christian, but they're, you know, yeah. Christian ish. You know, they changed one of their policies. I think this might have actually already been their policy in their international offices. Hmm. Interesting. But okay. they changed their policy in their, you know, US offices to basically reflect, you know, the changing of the times. And they said that, you know, they were no longer going to discriminate based on sexual orientation, I think gender identity as well, in their hiring. And what that really meant was, like in their corporate offices, you know, Jan from accounting might be a lesbian and we're not going to fire her over it. It wasn't like we're changing our curriculum that we're going to be teaching kids overseas. It wasn't like we're fully carrying the rainbow flag. It was basically like we're doing the bare minimum to be a decent employer here in the United States. And we're not going to fire people for being gay. Like that's really in 2024. In 2024, we're not going to fire people for being gay. Yeah. This is not like groundbreaking shit. 2014, you mean? Oh, God. Why am I saying 2024? I don't know. I was. I don't know. My brain is skipping ahead. 2014. Yeah. We're not. We're not. We're not in the next uh, election cycle quite yet. So and evangelicals in particular, but, you know, conservative Christians generally lost their shit. Like there was I pulled it up today an estimated like once they kind of did a full audit. They were like roughly 15,000 canceled sponsorships could be directly tied to that decision. There were about 4,000 that were more quieter cancellations that were like probably involved in that. So between 15 and 20 or 15 and 19,000 children lost their sponsors because of that. And like, if you, if you kind of do the numbers, like we just want to calculate the numbers, like every sponsorship lasts roughly about 10 years at like $35 a month, you're looking at like, over $5 billion worth of, you know, revenue lost, you know, again, to help feed children who don't know that Jan exists, never no. mind that she's gay. Yeah. Just because again, Jan and accounting isn't going to be fired because she's gay. And that, I mean, that left a terrible taste in my mouth when it happened, you know, and there were people like, we're going to go to a real Christian organization, you know, compassion international or whatever, but it was just like, you're just trading children. Like, do you realize that? Like, you, you know, your, your picture of, you know, Luis on your wall, you're taking down and then you're getting, you know, like someone else, you know, like, right. what the fuck is this even about for you? Like, what is it? The, what are you getting out of this? It just, it just was a very, like, it just like a, a, kind of a very gross thing for a lot of people. And, and like, and that to me shows the real flaw in the model in the sense of like, right. yeah, you've got all these individual kids, but like you've tied them to individual families that, you know, and so it's like the flaw is in the organization, the organization screws up, but then like the flaw is also your sponsor base because your sponsor base will abandon you at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. anytime they get kind of mad. And yeah. that's, that's, that's a, that's, I mean, that's just gotta be a shitty place to be as an organization, but it's like, to me that, to me, that's like, there's some problems here that the boat can be rocked that hard that easily is uh yeah that's nuts yeah it's not good i think that i think that asking like you said at the top could this money be better spent is a completely valid question you know i think especially like you said for these christian run organizations like who decides where this money goes you know cuz evangelicals 
as a whole are like deeply opposed to direct cash infusions, just generally speaking. Like one of the first things you and I were taught as kids was like, if somebody's asking for money, it's like, well, how are they going to spend them? You can't give money to somebody who's asking because they're going to spend it on drugs. They're going to spend it on alcohol. It's like, right. This is like drilled into you as a small child, like giving people money is bad because if you're poor, it's your fault. And you don't deserve to have more money until you can get your shit sorted out, which is just like, you know, there's no structural problems. That's it's all personal responsibility and bootstraps and whatever. And, you know, I I think that like evangelicals as as a cohort, like white evangelicals as a cohort, like you were saying, like your your base, like the people who are supporting your work are this fickle and like kind of fair weather in terms of their support for for these kids. Like it's not about it's not about the kids for them right? Yeah. It's about the ideology. Yeah. And so, and, and you're talking about, again, like a group of people who is like adamantly opposed to combating climate change, right? Like never mind changing their own personal lifestyles. Like forget that shit. Like they don't want any change at all because it puts them out on some level or they feel put out on some level. I don't actually think that like not eating red meat is going to massively reduce your quality of life, but that's just me, uh, right? I, like, I, Yeah, I think <laughs> like substantive climate change legislation would probably impact people's daily lived experiences, at least initially mm-hmm. very little because most yeah. of the biggest polluters are not individuals, individuals, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. but anyway, yeah, well, no, unless you're a billionaire, you don't even fucking rank in terms of like how much you're polluting. Like it doesn't, it's not, that doesn't even come up no. for you. Like, yeah, how much like you as an individual are are contributing to climate change? Like that's 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 not doesn't rank. You're fine, you know. But yeah, climate change is impacting these places. You know, typically the you know it's not a great term, but it's it's a good you know shorthand. The third world, like it's impacting them the hardest and the quickest. Yeah. They're contributing yep. to it the least. You know, yep. but hey, but for thirty five dollars a month. You can you can help a kid that's impacted by that, you know, and it's, it's one of those things. It's like it, it with the World Vision thing, it very much became like, yeah, you're paying your that monthly whatever to make sure that your worldview is exported overseas. Yeah. Like, fuck that they're being fed. Like, uh-huh. I'll take the food right out of their mouth. The second you don't right. export my worldview overseas. Right. I, I withdraw the money. And that's that's colonialism. Like, that's the same <laughs> damn thing. Like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, it really is. I found this. Uh, I found this really incredible paper um, that was that was written by a graduate student at SIT, which apparently is a university in Vermont. It was written by this person. Her name is Taylor Hallett. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's called "A Dollar a Day Child Sponsorship and the Marketization of Human Development." This thing is fire, you guys. Like, if you want some receipts on, like, how fucked up this this shit can really be. Uh, it was written by someone who worked for one of these organizations, one of these child sponsorship orgs. And, like, like Justin said, you know, and I told him this is kind of before we started recording. I told him this. I was like, I really, based on, based on this paper and, like, other critiques that I have spent the day reading, other, you know, other papers that have been written, it's like, it very much feels like, a modern day version of buying indulgences, right? Like I'm offsetting like the harm that I'm doing by the policies that I support and the people that I vote for by like sending this kid some lunch money for school, right? And like paying for their uniform. And 
it's like yeah but like you're again you're supporting you're supporting structural harms that impact these children for their entire life for generations right it's not there's it's not just this child and it's not just you throwing a fit over the fact that like bob lives with his partner like it's not it's not even just that like this is this is like a generational thing because our foreign policy as a country is so incredibly like fucked up and manipulative and violent and colonizing but i like i anyway this paper it's fucking incredible and and i was just there were multiple times that my jaw was on the floor because (laughs) like this person really kind of like digs into how ultimately child sponsorship as a model is exporting like capitalist ideas to children around the world it's as a model meant to circumvent government like on purpose a lot of the time again like you can hide behind like oh well we're religious so we don't we don't have to have quite as much critique or examination and it like creates this sort of this sort of like false sense of connectedness between people who are you know people who are like sponsoring a child right because you get a new photo every year and like you're supposed to also like write to this kid there have been some real real major fuck-ups there was a year that i i think it was compassion but it might have been world vision i know for sure it was one of those two that they let sponsors just like give cash for christmas to like whatever family yeah it was a clusterfuck because some obviously like some people didn't give anything because they don't have extra to give other people gave like hundreds thousands of dollars to like these children and it just became this like huge like it i don't think it i don't think it got covered the only reason i know about this is because i knew someone who like worked at this at this organization at the time but yeah and they were that like it turned it turned them off of it off of this model rather because it was like this is so fucked up and manipulative and it's just like classic sort of american capitalism of like some people get a bunch of shit and some people get nothing and this is totally fair we're not doing anything to equalize like the outcomes here at all (laughs) yeah and like well and even like the whole like writing letters to the kid you know Uh uh-huh yeah you know, like, I mean, I, when the one I had, I wrote a letter like once or twice, you know, like I was a college right. student at the time. Right. And I, you know, like, I suppose I did have more free time, but it was like, I got other shit to do. Like, that's, that's, that's sounds terrible, but it was true, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I also knew other people that like wrote their, you know, sponsored kid like once a month all the time, you know, right. some gifts yeah. all the time and everything, you know? Yeah. And so, it's, and I, and I'm sure there are plenty of sponsored kids that they don't get a letter at all from anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's this very weird, like, yeah, like, yeah, very much like capitalism. Like, the kid next to me is getting showered with love and affection and extra right. gizmos and whatever. And I, I got, I mean, I have this meal, which is great, but like, I don't like, yeah, it feels very, it feels very much like this is good for the person in the States. This is okay for the kid on the receiving end. Not not right. terrible, you know, but but if we're gonna talk about alleviating generational poverty, like you know, these organizations have been around since what, like the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, you know? Yeah, mostly like yeah. Four or five generations, you know. So wouldn't we then be seeing, you know, some kind of like massive upswell significant of, improvement? You know, but like it doesn't feel like we are. Like, you know, this program exists for X number of kids in this city in perpetuity, but it's not gonna functionally change the problems that bring kids in in the first place. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. And, and, you know, there is like, there's all this data around like global poverty, which is considered at this, you know, at this point, or at least like mid 20 teens, global poverty was earning a dollar 90 a day USD or less. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, we've done all the stuff to reduce global poverty. It's like, well, yeah, but how much, like, first of all, how much of that is inflation? <laughs> like, really, like, how much of that is inflation? And, you know, we are like, we're, there is like good shit going on. You know, I'm not saying that nobody is doing any good work or that none of this work has like positive outcomes, Talk, you know, talking about like, NGOs or religious organizations or government agencies, like all of the above, like there is cumulatively, like there is a measurable amount of harm reduction that is happening. And I'm not trying to be like dismissive of any of that stuff, but I think like for evangelicals, especially like their individual ideology is so incredibly fucked up and like works against anything positive that could be going on in terms of, in terms of like, in terms of structural improvement right? Not like individual improvement, not like this one kid gets to go to school or like these 40 kids get to go to school. Like that is a big fucking deal. I'm not dismissing that at all. But like when you're voting for people who are starting fucking wars because it's going to materially benefit them as a person, like as an individual, I don't really actually care that much that like you think you're a good person because you helped like send a kid to school, you know? Yeah. Like your your portfolio also benefits by like those kids' parents being bombed, and and also like it, you know, taking a, a like a step back from even like charity, like personal charity, like it, it impacts like government funding as well. The the global gag order on U.S. you know charitable funds being used to in health clinics that provide abortion services. Mm-hmm. You know, there was so much cheering amongst evangelicals. You know when. You know, Bush enacted that. And then, of course, Obama rescinded it and said, we're just going to give aid where we give aid. Who the fuck cares if they provide abortions? And then and then, you know, it was was reenacted under Trump. And it's it was fascinating to me to see like, okay, we actually actually gave us quite a bit of data on abortion Mm -hmm. rates and infant mortality, maternal mortality. And funny enough, all of those things got better under the Obama administration globally mm-hmm. and then they were worse under bush they're worse under trump and i, ba- yeah. I imagine they're gonna be better under biden as well so it's just funny to me that it's like in voting for the policies that you vote for you are measurably and without exaggeration increasing the number of abortions that are happening worldwide like maybe not here in the united states but like globally that's happening you know unsafe abortion at, un- at underfunded clinics now and you're supposed to f- and you feel good about this you know, but but it's again, it's like I want to export my ideology. My ideology is that abortion is wrong. So I don't I I'll fuck people that want help. I'm not going to help them if they want access to a Band-Aid at a clinic that also performs abortions. If they need food, diapers, you know, whatever, they got to go to somewhere else, which is weird because then it starts creating competition amongst organizations because it's like. You know, how do I prove that I don't do, you know, it's just like, it's just a whole fucking mess that ultimately gets in the way of people receiving care. And so it's like, it just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with it. No, I mean, I think that that's like such a good parallel to the, the whole like world vision, like, oh, we're not going to discriminate against queer employees or we're not going to fire queer employees. Right. And all these evangelicals are like, well, get fucked. Like, I don't actually care about this kid. I care about my ideological religious purity and it's very similar that like 
like, oh, sorry, your kid can't get a vaccine because somebody needs an abortion at this clinic. Sorry. Too bad. So sad. Yep. It's like it's fucking yeah, we're, gross. we're not going to send vaccines to this clinic because they also provide right. abortions. And mm-hmm. who, who cares if it's the only clinic in town? Sorry. It's totally fine to have to walk with an infant and a toddler 22 miles to the next clinic, like, so that you can get your kid the medicine they need. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, as long as nobody's getting an abortion, everything's cool. It's like, well, you know, when women and pregnant people have access to birth control, like, quality of life goes up for their kids. But what a fuck that, I guess, you know, yeah, don't actually care about that part. When people making a dollar ninety a day have you know, three kids instead of seven. Mm. Oh, life, you think that makes a difference? Life is somehow better for everybody. Uh, God loves babies, Justin. What are you talking about? Well, he doesn't can, want we, anybody to we have. We can send those babies seven. directly to God. <laughs> God loves babies so much. He can have them. That's amazing. Oh, my. <laughs> We're That's doing- so great. We're doing so the Lord's great. work here. Truly, truly. Get those fuckers out of here. Yeah. So what can what I guess what can people do? And when it comes to like charitable giving or when it comes to, you know, actually helping, like, is there do you have like an idea of what are, I mean, what are better places to go? Well, so this is actually really interesting, right? Because because a lot of this research is being funded by government organizations. A lot of this research is being funded by like corporations and like people who have a vested interest in like some sort of outcome. I would say any organization that's like prioritizing climate change, like mitigating the effects of climate change for kids is probably going to be like a good place to start. It's not something that the religious organizations that I've seen care that much about because again like the people that give them money think it's you know just as just like this i was gonna say scam it's not it's not a scam they think it's Hoax. like a conspiracy to keep them from like getting more money in their 401k like that's what they think it is chinese hoax right and it's like liberals are trying to destroy the economy like how do liberals benefit from a fucked up economy like what does it even mean yeah, like what um yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I would say like if if it's an organization that is like actively sort of dealing with with things like climate change with things like abortion with things like queer rights overseas, which is fucking huge because people are still absolutely like victims of violence, like state sponsored and otherwise if they are queer. So protecting queer folks is hugely important in in this work yeah i'm not saying like go cancel your if you're sponsoring a kid and you're listening to this like don't don't go cancel that like i think that's also kind of fucked up yeah you know know, i'm not saying like these none of these organizations have any merit but yeah in terms of like i think that i think all the data is pretty clear like fucking universal basic income like anything that's doing like direct cash infusions is good especially if it's not something where people are going to have to pay exorbitant interest like you're just giving them a loan and then they have to pay back like 235 percent interest if they're late this is like that's not i don't know who's really benefiting from that yeah. other than yeah. like your fucking ego so some, you know. some micro lending organizations are actually really good at like at you know very low interest rates but you and have to be discerning, right? Because they're not yeah. all created equal. Like some of them are, you know, created by venture capitalist tech bros who want to make a buck, right? And feel like good people or they're doing it. So just, just you know, being aware, I think, of like where your dollars are going. But 
you know, all of the data shows that like cash is the best way to get people out of poverty. Shocking. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to the extent of my knowledge, like sending little children to Christian school actually does nothing to mitigate poverty. So just keep that in mind, I guess. Like you can just teach kids math. You don't have to tell them they're going to burn in hell forever. Very mm-hmm. cool. 10 people die and six of One them kid go goes to, to heaven. <laughs> How many went to heaven? It's 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 just it's structurally abusive. Like I think mm-hmm. everything about evangelicalism is violent. It's colonialist. Like there is pro-life is a fucking myth. Like that that's just bullshit PR that they made up. Like they don't actually give a fuck about anybody's life. Certainly don't give a fuck about anybody's quality of life. You know, if your quality of life is good, it's because you earn it. It's not because like somebody helped you out. You certainly never deserved any help. So anyway, I don't have strong feelings about this or anything, but I do. I do actually want to say that like this person who wrote who wrote this paper, Taylor Hallett, huge fan, huge fan, like number one fan. This paper is amazing. And like their critique of how these organizations are just like exporting neoliberalist, like capitalist policies and ideas, ideology, I guess I should say to like little children. Also not great in my opinion. Yeah. I'm biased. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm not. So, so we'll, uh, we'll try to link it. Do you have a link for it? Yeah, absolutely. We'll try to link it in the show notes. Absolutely link this shit. It's Um, really good. So something to think about as you're thinking about doing charitable giving and stuff over the holidays or not because it's i mean inflation and bullshit like don't feel like you have to mm-hmm, if you can't mm-hmm. um but if you are and you're able and you're in a position to do that you know like it sucks like i feel like we live in a world where we have to do so much more googling about things which i'm glad we have the resources to do it but like there was like i i'm looking for luggage you know and mm-hmm. which, you know, this is a weird pivot but like I'm like, can I find a not problematic luggage company? And it is not, you know, it's uh-huh. like, it's like, I wouldn't have even thought of that totally. like 15 years ago. I would have just nope. been like, what is the nearest piece of luggage near to me? Samsonite. Okay. You know, who cares who made it? But, you know, so it's like we have access to the information and we have access to, uh, you know, or, or yeah, like, oh, so, so and so is doing work in Sierra Leone. Like, sure, I'll give them money. Right. Like, that's, that's the end of the, end of the research. Uh, so, like, we have tools, but we, ha- we have to use them, you know. Right. Uh, right. I'm glad we have yeah. access to them. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate you uh, going on this little deep dive into the weird world of Christian overseas charity. Uh, <laughs> If you would like, yeah, if you, Merry Christmas. Yeah, if you, if you don't want to give to Christian Overseas Charity, but you would like to give to two great people, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/GoHomeBible uh, and check that out. If that's not in the cards for you, that's fine. It could please share this this episode or any episode mm-hmm. with a friend. Give us a five star review. Actually, I do want to say something about that because someone on Twitter was asking why podcasts only ask for five star reviews, and like, and and with the intention of like, wouldn't you want to know if I only thought you were a three or four star podcast. And yes, I mean, that, that is a valid question. Uh, the problem is, is like our ratings are tied with our visibility and our rankings and Apple and Google and all those things. So if it was just a review that like we could see, I'm like, oh, you think our audio is crap. So you gave us three and a half stars, like wonderful. Right. But let's say we fix our audio like that three and a half star review is there forever. Like that doesn't go away. 
It's not like a report card or like a problem that we get to like clear. So if you have a complaint or you have something that's like legitimate or a critique or something, like we have email uh, at go or you know, go home Bible, go home Bible at gmail. at gmail.com. Uh, we have Twitter. There are ways that you obviously can communicate that to us. But when it comes to reviews, it's just kind of the way the algorithm works. Reviews aren't really reviews. They're just ways for us to gain visibility. And occasionally we have chuds that give us one-star reviews that probably haven't even listened to the show. They just know it's like, well, it's not really Christian. One star. <laughs> the Bible's not drunk. So please give us a five-star review. All that to say. But I did want to explain that briefly give us a five-star review and share us with a friend and we hope you have a wonderful holiday whatever holidays you're celebrating maybe they be uh, merry and bright and enjoyable Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.